Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 796, 22222. That's a palindrome. Uh, man, we had that run of weather five years ago. It was 59 degrees on this day in 2017, oh. and it was 22 below in 1873. And now, from the mayor's office, it, it, above the boathouse, I didn't want to be the one to say it. It isn't a palindrome? It's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, director of social media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. 200 years from now, it would be. No, 222-22 is a Back- palindrome. It reads no. the same forwards and backwards. No, no, it doesn't. Backwards, it's 22-22-2. Oh, well, okay. CNN. Uh, Thanks and goodbye. CNN science writer Megan Marple said uh, it's a palindrome, meaning it reads wrong. the same way forward and backward. It also falls on a Tuesday, which is now referred to as Tuesday. Get it? TWA. Yeah. See, apparently I'm supposed to be, uh, we're supposed to be moved by this. I really don't. Uh, does nothing for it me. It does nothing for me. I, I, apparently it's uh, very significant. Because it never happens. It happens, what, every 10 years or something? Uh, no. Wait, oh, if it never it, happens, it can't happen every oh, 10 Okay, years. it is a palindrome because you use the zeros. So it's 22022022, forward and backward. Still doesn't work. Did we have the same <laughs> reaction on January 11th of 2011? I'm sure One. we did. One eleven eleven one 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 twenty eleven. What people are no that didn't work. Oh, there's a yeah because there's a twenty in there. People like to get married on this day for oh, some isn't reason. That precious. It's National Margarita Day. Hey, I can't dismiss uh, that. So this is supposed to be a big deal. This story says uh, it carries no historical significance or cosmic message. It does speak volumes about our brains and cultures. Apparently, we're supposed to be thinking about this somehow mm-hmm. and I, I just can't I can't get motivated. I, I really don't care what the date is. It is the uh, anniversary of the uh, uh, gold medal hockey win over the yes. Soviets. 42 was, years. In I'm waiting for you to take a breath so I can throw that in. Yeah. Other than that, uh, I, I'm, I, I'm unmoved. I have a note from Duluth from Todd Fedora who writes, so Mayor, we got it pretty good in Duluth with this latest storm. Uh, I think this is almost an annual ruling request. At what point do we soften space management, given the March sun? I'm on the third run of the Toro coming up. How much detail should I focus on the edges? I've got the ethanol-free gas in the cylinders. Snowblower needs the workout. From a cost-benefit analysis, how much detail needs to be provided? Need a mayoral ruling, Todd. Uh, I I think it's only uh, natural human behavior to uh, lessen the uh, discipline the longer you get into the season. Uh, I, I think uh, you don't really need to be as worried about edges right this moment as you did back in November. Does that make sense? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Uh, so I, my answer is, <clears throat> on this particular round of space management, I, I'm going to be going to the edges because why not? I have a blank driveway. Uh, but 
anything that's left over with tire tracks and things like that, uh, just let the sun take it. I'm not worried. Well, in fact, on Sunday when we had the nice warm day, that's what I was doing was I was breaking up the edges and throwing it in the middle of the driveway. Get the melt on. It'll melt. You got old Sal came to your rescue. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I think that uh, I got a note, too, from a guy with a great point. Uh, Joe, longtime listener, infrequent contributor. Joe, trudging along behind you on the Garage Logic Service Road of Life, I have a couple of observations that I'm sure you can address. First is the issue of gangs. Not only in the Twin Cities metro area, but in every major city. And get that thing ready eventually, Reavers. Uh, but in every major city in Minnesota and the rest of the country, this explosion of unrelenting crime can be directly traced back to gangs, but no one seems to want to talk about it. There are state's attorneys general and multiple chiefs of police around the country who have commented in news conferences they don't want to talk about the G word. Whatever the reasons for this, and I'm sure there are many, the picture that is being painted that so much of this crime is uh, simply random is not accurate. Talk to your contacts in law enforcement. I think you will be surprised by the answers. Second, and for me most importantly, while the pushing back on all this insanity going on in government, education, crime, and almost everywhere else is a big priority for the program, and I'm with you 100%, could you find 15 minutes on any given day to let us know how things are faring in the town of Garage Logic? When I can't stand the noise anymore, I go to the bookshelf and pull down my tattered copy of Garage Logic, Life in the Radio Town, and read a chapter or two to escape the madness. After calling out a host of reprobates and lawbreakers and how they are screwing up everything they touch, it would be a treat for you to provide some comfort by assuring us that all is well on the streets and alleys of Garage Logic. A good dose of common sense being applied by our favorite residents would be a warm welcome to our sometimes battered lives. Thank you. From the wilds of outstate Minnesota, Greg C. Well, I, I think, in a, a Greg, in addressing... Uh, uh, Mr. Fedora's uh, ruling about space management, I, I think that's a reflection of uh, life's pretty good in Garage Logic. Yeah. There has been no uh, increase in crime in Garage Logic. There are no, there's never been any crime in Garage Logic. That's good. There are no gangs in Garage Logic. And uh, I rule as a benevolent dictator. <laughs> so there's no, uh, there's really no problem. Lots of what we uh, like solve that. is solved at the uh, NAC Hardware and Lounge. That's right. In so, the lounge part. like Trudeau, then. Yeah, but I'm benevolent. <laughs> oh. He's evil. He's Dr. Evil. You're spying on my bank account? I have that coming up. First, we want to play you something Reg Chapman had uh, on uh, WCCO. Was this last night? This was last night, I believe, yes. And he uh, apparently got himself an interview with a gang member. Digging our streets. Tonight we're digging into the why. Why is it happening and who's behind it? A Minneapolis police say gangs are behind the bullets and they say gangs are turning young kids into criminals and their guns are spraying fire into the streets and causing a lot of damage and death. Tonight we're going to hear rare, rare, rare perspective rather from a gang member. Red Chapman has the interview that you will see only on WCCO. Bullets ring out day and night. People who call Minneapolis's Northside home know the sound all too well, and they tell WCCO gang violence is a driving force. Death keeps it going. For the first time, we're getting inside perspective from a gang member. He agreed to talk openly if we concealed his identity. I'm from the Lowe's. We interviewed him in shadow and revoiced his message word for word. We'll call him John. The big gangs are the SUVs and the YNTs. 
Those are the biggest gangs on the north side of Minneapolis. John says these rivals belong to territorial groups known as the highs and the lows. We're told that West Broadway Avenue is the landmark that separates the highs from the lows. Anything south of West Broadway Avenue is Lowe's territory. North belongs to the highs. There's not no structure in the streets no more. John refers to gangs without structure as cliques. Their disorganization makes them dangerous. It's leaders out there in gangs and cliques. There ain't no leaders. Everybody wants to be a leader. So we're going to go into kind of our gang hotspot. The highest it's a police volume officer of calls talking. in the city is Broadway and Lindale. I met members of these cliques during a ride along with Minneapolis police gang expert Sergeant Andrew Schroeder last fall. You're going to see up on the right here an all too common kind of scene. Sergeant says these cliques are usually led by people who have the most money and guns. And I would describe it more as not a fight, not a battle. It's it's a war. The war is fueled by retaliation. This for that. Back and forth messages that play out on social media, then the street. There's no victory, there's no ending point. It's you took one of ours, so we take one of yours. I, there's no end. He's also seen the recruiting of kids. We've seen shootings this year where it's very clear that older gang members are present on scene, have conversation with younger juvenile gang members, almost directing them to go then do shootings. These new youngsters are recruited for one particular reason. Young guys, they won't get no prison time. Kids as young as 13 instructed to grab cars and cash them in for money. Hey, he's crazy, watch out! The driving force behind the Twin Cities carjacking crisis. You see a Hellcat running at the gas station, you still got it in the back of your mind that there's a guy out there that'll give you $60,000 right now for that Hellcat. That $60,000 is gonna run all the good thoughts that you had because you broke. You heard that right. Carjacked and then sold for $60,000. Fast money, Sergeant Schroeder says, is the reason it's hard to get kids out of gangs. $15 an hour jobs can't compete when you can make thousands stealing cars. Young people are making $20,000 in a day and sometimes doing it several times a week. How do you stop that? And when there's no real consequences to that, how do you say no? Schroeder thinks the system needs to hold people accountable from parents being active parents to tougher penalties. We're looking at guy right now that has seven open felony cases. This isn't one case. This is seven times being arrested for felonies. This isn't stealing a candy bar, right? Seven felony cases, and he's out again committing more felonies. For John, the gang member we spoke with, serving prison time and raising a new family, has him thinking there's more to life than gangs. I just want to get the message out to the gang members. Just leave it alone, bro. It's not going to go well. It's not going to go well at all. You know what I'm saying? Either you're going to end up dead or in jail. Now, John tells us he is trying to walk away from his activities and trying to start fresh with his new family. He says he refuses to be a statistic. Well, you're sure you're, you're more likely to end up dead than jail. Mm hmm. That's the most depressing piece of video. It's nothing we haven't been saying for three years. True, but Reg got someone on the yeah, inside to, yeah. to speak on camera. Right. And I mean, the bravery of that guy, because if one person recognizes the coat he's wearing, he's dead. Well, they might have given him something to wear. True. I'm just saying that that took a lot of balls for that guy to speak on camera. Mm -hmm. But it just shows you what Minneapolis is up against right now. Well, what you're up against is a, a judicial system that's echoing the failed academy. Seven felonies and he's out. Mm -hmm. Well, there's your problem. Back to uh, 
Pierre Trudeau. No, that was his dad, wasn't that it? That was dad. That yep. was dad. Justin. Justin. Wasn't Pierre kind of a rake, kind of a ladies' man? Uh, yeah, yeah, very much so. Yeah. yeah. And the wife, too, remember? Oh, yeah. M- Margaret, was it? I think so. Maggie? I mean, they hung out with the stone, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah they exactly. also hung out with dictators and That's commies, right. so, you know. Well, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said yesterday that emergency powers are still needed despite police ending border blockades and the occupation of the nation's capital by truckers and others angry over Canada's COVID-19 restrictions. I wonder if we'll learn anything tonight about this. Uh, will, will the guys who do the wild game, will they, you think they might set a scene of what, what it was like outside? I would highly doubt, I doubt that they it, will. But the wild are at <laughs> Ottawa tonight. Uh, the situation In fact, they might even be directed, don't even go there. The situation is still fragile. The state of emergency is still there, Trudeau said. Uh, lawmakers in Parliament voted last night whether to allow police to continue to use emergency powers. I don't know the result of that vote. Opposition New Democratic Party leader Jagmeet Singh said his party will support it, ensuring Trudeau should have enough votes. Trudeau on Monday hinted he would call elections if he lost the vote. Now, this is the part I found terribly interesting uh, today in this piece I'm reading from the Pioneer Press. It's an AP piece. The Emergencies Act allows authorities to declare certain areas as no-go zones. It also allows police to freeze truckers' personal and corporate bank accounts and compels tow truck companies to tow away vehicles. The Royal Canadian Mounted Police said those who had their bank accounts frozen were influencers in the illegal protest in Ottawa and owners and or drivers of vehicles who did not want to leave the area. Here's the key paragraph. Finance Minister Christia Freeland said anyone affected has an easy way to have their accounts unfrozen. Stop being part of the protest, she said. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Really? Wow. Now, and a a side note from uh, Marcus out in Whitefish, Montana, uh, notes that you you guys were on the right track Monday in tracing Trudeau's despotic behavior back to George Soros and other globalists. Principally, though, Trudeau seems to be following the Great Reset playbook laid out by Klaus Schwab and the power-mad billionaires at the World Economics Forum. In fact, Trudeau's finance minister, Christia Freeland, who I just quoted, is a board member and executive participant in the World Economic Forum. This is the same Minister Freeland who has been at the helm of freezing trucker bank accounts and was quoted in the story you highlighted about making the emergency measures permanent. This isn't some wild-eyed conspiracy theory. Klaus Schwab and his minions are open about how they're penetrating and infiltrating governments in order to implement their Great Reset agenda. Schwab even recently bragged about controlling more than half of the Canadian cabinet. And I'm linked to a piece which would verify that. We all need to wake up soon or the West is lost, Marcus says from Whitefish, Montana. Uh, that's I do ex- have the results of that vote yesterday, Joe, Yep. Uh, they, if you'd like it. Yeah. The legislature did vote to extend the use of special emergency powers a 30-day period. It passed 185 to 151. Wow. Wow. Finance Minister Christia Freeland said anyone affected has an easy way to have their accounts unfrozen. Stop being part of the protest, she said. Wow. Or stop being part of the blockade. Same difference. Are you kidding me? Is this what's coming our way? Why does this surprise you? Because it's so bold. It's so. Mm-hmm. It's so. Uh, she's apparently so unafraid of criticism. 
Right, because they answer to nobody. She's unafraid of pushback. Hey, you don't want to. Hey, I'm going to freeze your bank account if you don't like it. Get do what I tell you. Freaks of third world. Are you kidding me? Dictatorship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. None of this surprises me. That's what's been happening. The, you know, it's the gradual. What What was your phrase? The nibble. We're, we're being nibbled to death. That's exactly what's been playing out. It's about protecting people from the virus. My, you know what it is. Please. Stop voting conservative. You'll get access to your bank account. Oh, yeah, yeah. Pass my litmus test. Yeah, you can have your money back that you earned. <laughs> God almighty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, do I need to remind you again? That's our front door. There, mm-hmm. there they are, right there. Mm-hmm. I can it's see our, Canada cap, from my Canada. front yard. Yeah, that's <laughs> Thanks, our cat. Wilder in Ottawa tonight. Well, we better kick their ass. Send them a message. They're a lousy (laughs) club. Yeah. They're a lousy club, so I'm not worried about that. What if the Wild brought a semi and took a semi right to the arena? Wouldn't that be great? Why why do I find it so uh, intriguing to keep reading every report I can get my hands on on the burning of the Felicity Ace, which is carrying those luxury cars? Today in the Wall Street Journal, we learn even more. Oh. Uh, I guess it's because we're watching the... Uh, the I know af- why you like well, it, personally. Well, we're watching the affliction of the comfortable. Right. <laughs> There's guys in this country going, damn it, my car's on that boat. Right. <laughs> but you also personally love it because of the, the lithium battery portion oh of the story. Oh, my God. Heavy tugboats reach the Felicity Ace, a merchant ship with a hold full of German luxury cars that has been drifting ablaze in the Atlantic for nearly a week. But bad weather delayed the arrival of other ships needed to steady the vessel and stop the blaze. The intensity of the fire has weakened local authorities and SMIT salvage said on Monday, but the ship is still burning and too hot to board. The fire seemed to have spread inside the ship below sea level, according to a Portuguese naval officer. Salvage crews working to get the ship under control spotted a fire down in the machinery room, said uh, Geo Manuel Mendes Cabacas, mm-hmm. captain of the nearest Portuguese naval report on the island of Fail in the Azores. For now, the risk of the ship's fuel igniting is low because the tanks are built to withstand fires. But if the fire isn't controlled, it can get to the fuel, he said. The 60,000-ton Felicity Ace was carrying around 4,000 cars from Germany to the U.S., including 1,100 Porsches, 189 super luxury Bentleys, uh, the car maker said, which are units of Volkswagen AG. The vessel caught fire last Wednesday, leading to the evacuation of 22 crew members. The vehicles represent a small number of the 9 million cars made by Volkswagen Group each year, but the incident is the latest in a series of supply chain setbacks hitting the global auto industry, which is still struggling to recover from the production bottlenecks caused by a shortage of components and disruptions during the COVID pandemic. The impact of the fire on Volkswagen's earnings is likely to be negligible, analysts said. U.S. dealers say the cars will be replaced, but the fire destroyed some of the most expensive vehicles consumers can buy, many of them made to order. Twenty vehicles on the ship, valued at $2.6 million, have been destined for Hennessy Porsche North Atlanta, said owner Peter Hennessy. None of them are electric models, he said. Eighteen of the vehicles have been purchased by customers, Mr. Hennessy said. Some are high-end Porsches built in limited numbers, including a 911 Turbo S priced at $272,000 and a $192,000 Cayman Turbo GT. 
Porsche hasn't confirmed whether those vehicles are lost, but the company told dealers that it has contingency plans to replace these orders in coming weeks as needed. Mr. Sure, Hennessey they'll get their said. car in 2038. Yeah. <laughs> it isn't clear yet how the fire started, but the large number of electric cars on the vessel raises questions about how EVs with lithium-ion batteries that can catch fire can be safely transported. The salvage company said burning electric car batteries could make the fire difficult to contain and particularly hard to extinguish. For now, the Felicity Ace continues to drift farther out to sea. The two, uh, two firefighting tugboats with water cannons douse the ship's exterior throughout the day, an effort the salvage crews called barrier cooling, which aims to lower the temperature of the external steel skin of the ship and weaken the uh, intensity of the fire inside. The vessel is still very hot, uh, said a spokesman for Royal Bascalis Westminster NV, which owns SMIT Salvage. We expect to have uh, additional capacity in the next two days. The focus will then be subject to smoke and temperature to get onto the casualty. Wow. Now, the SMIT Salvage, SMIT Salvage was celebrated last year for refloating the ever- Given, remember that that was mm-hmm. stuck in the Suez Canal. Oh yep. yes, yep. yes. Uh, but it does not have equipment on the water to tie down the Felicity Ace and keep it from drifting farther out to sea, where it would uh, become more vulnerable to bad weather and rough seas. Two ocean-going tugs en route to the ship have been delayed by bad weather. Well, you can kiss those cars goodbye. That whole shipment's cooked. Mm-hmm. That's cooked. Yeah, but we we can't just leave it. They're going to hook it up and bring it in. Well, yeah, they? you have to get it off the. So I have a water. question because you know you you discussed it at length yesterday. But uh, let's just say a, a random electric car starts on fire. Yeah. How, how do you put it out if water's not going to work? Well, they got to get in there and use dry chemicals. But they they're they're having trouble getting there because of the weather. And then when they get there, they're going to be confronted by the heat of the vessel. True firewood. I say throw firewood yeah. on. Yeah. Uh, Joe, uh, <laughs> the one thing I can't stop thinking about, and maybe you uh, agree with me, I want to watch the process where they hook up the tow rope to the ship. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to see because mm-hmm. that tow rope's got to be like that's a big yeah, rope. Yeah, like twenty inches oh, around. It's probably yeah, a steel yeah. cable. Yeah. I want to see that process. I, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't mind seeing it myself. First, though, let's see about what we can do with our friends at Everest Men's Health, gentlemen. I've got a c- couple of questions for all of you GLers. Are you noticing a lack of energy? Are you tired of feeling exhausted, maybe sleepiness after dinner? Have you lost your motivation? Well, when your health suffers, oftentimes other areas of your life are going to suffer as well. But with Everest, all of that can change. From signs of low testosterone to other deficiencies, they are going to examine every area important to a man's overall health. And that allows them to develop an easy-to-follow plan that will ensure your success. And it does not matter where you fall on the spectrum of men's health. Now is the time to come to Everest and take the first steps towards realizing your best health possible. Everest medical specialists look at the entire picture and figure out what is causing the changes. They start with a full medical evaluation and check testosterone levels, vitamin levels, blood levels, and body composition. And then once they identify the deficiencies, they will create a personalized lifestyle program for you. Go online right now. Visit EverestMensHealth.com and you can call and schedule your $50 testosterone test at any one of their three locations in Woodbury, Plymouth, and now in Egan. They provide a comfortable environment that is not intimidating like other medical clinics. And they specialize in men's health and they can be your doctor for all of your health needs. Once again, it's EverestMensHealth.com. Please let them know that you heard about them on the Garage Logic Podcast.
This is Patrick Ricey for the Canopy Group. We are coming up on St. Patrick's Day, the luck of the Irish day. Do you make practical decisions based on being lucky? Do you have one agent representing only one company for your home and auto insurance? Are you hoping they are lucky enough to have the best coverage at the best price for you? One single source? Really? At the Canopy Group, we wish you only the best of luck, but we also believe you deserve more than luck when it comes to your home and auto insurance. The Canopy Group process carefully selects their 40 professionals and hand selects their 16 companies to then run thousands of different insurance scenarios each month for you. This due diligence and hard work results in the best coverage at the best price for Canopy clients. Remember, new clients enjoy an average savings of over $800 annually. That's annually. Contact the Canopy Group today at 800-967-3389 or visit them online at thecanopygroup.com. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. Rookie, this is one of those days when the snow is falling, the visibility is zero, and Rookie would say, Yeah, spring's right around the corner. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is. (laughs) Uh, Well, Joe, if you're a 21st-er, spring has already begun and started. Yeah, December 21st. Uh, but all of this nonsense, it's just my way to tell you that it is not too early to click on aimhighconstructionmn.com and get that ball rolling with Chris and his crews for your spring and summer projects, especially decks. Aim High can do virtually anything deck-related, from new builds to rebuilds to reskinning with new deck board, natural wood, or even composite And they've got these really fancy new aluminum and cable rails now. They're really cool. Uh, That's what they did for my place in Minneapolis. That tired, old, crooked, ghetto-looking deck ended up being the highlight of our backyard and the neighborhood. Super classy. AimHighConstructionMN.com. They're a veteran-owned company. Chris served in the Air Force during the first Gulf War. And now he's doing work for the government, both U.S. and uh, and uh, state. So if you've been dreaming about upgrades around your joint, bathroom, kitchen, indoor, outdoor, it doesn't matter. Get a hold of Chris right now. Get that bid ball rolling. AimHighConstructionMN.com. I meant to mention uh, Scott from Inver Grove, never afraid and always pushing back. I, I wanted to include his email when we were talking about Trudeau. I appreciate your discussing the sheer lunacy in Canada. It should scare the living hell out of all of us as we're not too far from getting to experience this kind of tyranny on a firsthand basis. Yesterday you asked, what did the truckers accomplish? Well, they accomplished getting everyone to see tyranny. I didn't expect the truckers to win, but they showed great courage and did so without destroying a single building. This runs contrary to the BLM types who have made it a hallmark, who have property destruction in the name of justice. I saw a YouTube video over the weekend. A man and his family were at a ski resort in Canada. He had a mask exemption, but the staff at the ski resort were requiring he wear a mask at the top of the slope. Yeah. After 10 minutes of wrestling with the man, the police came and handcuffed him, carting him away like a scene from a World War II German movie. Yep. What was the most terrifying is that those watching this happen cheered when the man was arrested. Yep. All for not wearing a freaking mask. Outdoors. You know me to be a proponent of freedom and liberty. Personally, I am bracing myself for what's to come down the road when actions like those being played out in Canada are not denounced throughout the world on a large scale. You say it on your show often, I can't believe what's going on in the world. Well, Joe, it's real and it should sober us all up to start pushing back like the Canadian truckers. Isn't that true? No. 
if that's happening in a in a in, in a calm, we thought rational country like Canada, it's going to happen here. Yeah, some would say some in some cases it already has to a certain extent. I have not witnessed, and I consider myself lucky for this. I have not witnessed a mask confrontation in two years. You haven't? No. Oh, I have. I've not witnessed one. Okay. I've witnessed a couple. One was at a large retailer Mm -hmm. where a gentleman just refused, and and he was told, well, you can't shop here. Mm -hmm. And he just thought, well, the rules don't apply to me. And several other people, I I was not one of them, but several other people did intervene. And I'm thinking, bro, just put a mask on. It's not that big of a deal. Have you discovered what I've discovered uh, under the uh, current mask mandate in St. Paul and Minneapolis? I go into a variety of stores where they don't give a bleep if I have a mask on. Correct. And right. then others others will say, put your mask on. Mm-hmm. And I right. do. If that's what if I have to have what they have, I put my mask on. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're doing the, those folks are doing the government's bidding is mm-hmm. what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now, St. Paul canceled schools today. Woo! Snow day! And switched to e-learning Boo. because they expected a snowstorm. And they're getting one. But that uh, happened in a lot of districts. So my, my kids were oh, sent yeah. home at noon today, even though they started school, and they were sent home at lunchtime. Everything's and there canceled. Were plenty, of, plenty of warnings last night on the news, too, before anything started. But, we're closed today, different districts. But That's the Minnesota kind of tradition yeah. is you gather around that radio in the kitchen, yeah. and you rate, wait for your school to be mentioned so you can start jumping up and down. Yeah, and then you put on the gear and you get outside. And have fun all day. Yeah. Yeah. Or now it's we all look at Twitter to see if we're uh, included. Our radio was frozen by virtue of kitchen grease on on WCCO. (laughs) And on a morning like this morning, oh, come on, come Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Yay! Yay! (laughs) And then as they're going through it alphabetically, you hear one after, like, damn it! But we're now we do it. What do you live in a two-bit greasy spoon? Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, the old kitchen radio, you know, and you're p- cooking bacon in there for 20 years. I suppose it gets a little greasy. I'm not buying this. Uh, well, I am not buying this. You think he's making it up, don't you? I, I think he's trying to paint a mental picture. <laughs> I'm not making it up. Yeah. Well, I, I, yeah. maybe I am. <laughs> I think I've won every argument so far today. I better back away. <laughs> I always love on. it when they cancel outward bound classes, stuff like that. That's, what is that? That's where you learn to deal with snow. <laughs> 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 so uh, no, no kids are in school today in Minneapolis. Uh, I'm sorry, in St. Paul. I don't know what they did in Minneapolis. Uh, it's an e-learning day, which means well, do we, today do we a have, failure. Do we have teachers? Or are they uh, walking the line? Uh, that's a good question. They didn't vote to strike, did they? I thought that was last week. I I thought isn't there a cooling did. off period? Yeah, that you're right. There's a cooling off period where they talk about it. But how about some of them that were posting the I voted yes uh, signs on social media? I'm thinking, do you realize the message you are sending right now that you really don't give a damn about your own kids? Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris, I, I know you don't, didn't remember that we had this story on, I know, Friday. on Friday. 98% of the Minneapolis people who voted voted to, to go strike. on strike. Yeah. Wow. 98%. What? Wow. Well, the academy so failed, I don't Holy think it can be repaired. Cow. I just don't think it can be repaired. And why does the St. Paul School District need more money when they're losing students right and left? 
Well, there. What, what was their? What was the number? The, the enrollment is. I don't. I don't remember the percentage number, but enrollment's down. Well, the percentage is very large, correct? Because mm-hmm. I remember reading that last week. Mm-hmm. I don't remember John doing the news story about it on Friday <laughs> at the golf show, but ninety-eight percent. Holy cow! Yeah, we talked about the three blinds at the golf show. Yeah, we did. Even passed you a picture, Chris. Showed it to you. Yeah. Yeah. The newspaper. Uh, Minneapolis schools are closed due to parent-teacher conferences, not because of snow. Okay. So they had, okay. they had planned the closure a long time ago. I, I find a little fatal flaw uh, in the University of Minnesota's uh, forming a committee to consider renaming 21 campus buildings at the U of M. Uh, the names of at least 21 buildings uh, could be up for review under a revised policy approved this month by the Board of Regents. The new policy calls for honorary building names to expire after 75 years unless the board decides to keep the name indefinitely. A name should stay on a building beyond 75 years only if it serves as an exemplar of the university's past, present, and future and the highest aspiration of the institution's mission and guiding principles, including the university's diversity, equity, and inclusion goals. Okay, let me stop right there. Check this out. Now, wait a minute. Hold on. You you didn't have those as goals 75 years ago. No. There was no such thing as diversity, equity, and inclusion goals, for better or worse. They just, those words weren't part of the uh, vocabulary. That's why it's important now, see, Joe, that we're making progress. No, but this is tantamount to telling me that you, uh, you have nothing in mind except your own sense of virtue, and you're going to erase 75 mm-hmm. years of history That's exactly because you're is. applying today's standards. You're also admitting to me that the principal aspiration of the university, its principal mission is equity, inclusion, and diversity. It's not getting an education. Yeah, no mention there. Of it's not getting an education. Do you happen to have the building names yes, that I do. are in question? Yes, I do. Uh where are we here? Uh, according to a new policy, the U's All University Honors Committee will do the work of reviewing names after 75 years and recommending either retention or a new name. The group will also do research on any name changes requested outside of the 75-year timeline. President Joan Gable said it will take several months for the committee to establish its own process that aligns with the board's policy. After that, the committee will review at least 30 building names on the Twin Cities, Duluth, Morris, and Crookston campus that have stood for over 75 years. They're also, what they're also telling us is we don't trust anything through the modern lens that happened 75 years ago. So, so, so whatever happened 75 years ago cannot possibly pass today's litmus test. Because that was created out of what? Well, Opp- we're, just still, we're just white guys. Right. So nothing that happened 75 years ago can possibly pass their muster. Could you imagine being involved in that Board of Regents meeting and the uh, BS being that's, spewed? That's a stark statement, and, and you're right. I agree with you. Absolutely nothing, right, nothing. will pass. Nothing. Okay, here are the buildings. Pillsbury Hall, named in 1889. Wouldn't the Pillsbury family have been a pretty big donor over the years? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Shevlin nice. Hall, 1905. Falwell Hall. 1906. Sanford Hall, 1910. Hold on, I'm trying to write these down. Sanford, okay, go ahead. Haker Hall, H-A-E-C-K-E-R. Haker Hall, 1925. 
Northrop Memorial Auditorium. No. No, you can't no, change no, that. No, 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 no. 1929. Oh. Petit Hall, P-A-T-T-E-E. Petit Hall, 1931. Burton Hall, 1931. Jones Hall, 1931. Pioneer Hall, 1931. Okay, that's enough. Vincent Hall, 1937, Eddie Hall, 1938, Cook Hall, 1938, Snyder Hall, 1938, Green Hall, 1938, Kaufman Memorial Union, no, 1939, Murphy Hall, 1939, Comstock Hall, 1940, Walling Hall, 1942, Appleby Hall, 1942, Nicholson Hall, 1945. There, there, none of them can... None of them can escape the the uh, microscope under which it will be looked at through today's lens. I don't know who these people were, but because it's 75 years ago, they're not good people. They're louts. Hmm. Uh, opened in 1906, Shevlin Hall was the first structure on campus built specifically for women of the university. Uh, Ada Comstock, an instructor, would later become the first dean of women. Work with the uh, Women's League. Okay, hold on. Let me scan down. Um, the funds were donated by Thomas Shevlin. It's, by the way, spelled with an S, who dedicated the building to his wife, Alice. Mm-hmm. It housed the Women's Women's Union for its first 34 years until the organization relocated to Kaufman Memorial Union in 1940. What kind of racist was Shevlin? Yeah, that's what we're going to have to find yeah. out. What... Uh... Thomas Shevlin. That will be my next search. Uh, Kaufman's gone, Middlebrook's gone, and Coffee's gone. Because Lotus Kaufman, William Middlebrook, and Walter Coffee promoted segregated student housing in the 30s and 40s. Oh, they got no shot. And yeah. a fourth, Edward Nicholson, targeted Jewish and communist individuals. All right. Uh, it's, isn't it kind of ironic that there, there are kids on campus today who are promoting segregated housing? You know, blacks want their own dorms. No, that's true. You know. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, shouldn't wokeism just collapse under its own weight? <laughs> uh, um. Then President Eric Kaler agreed with a task force recommend- recommendation that those names be scrubbed from campus buildings. However, the Board of Regents found the evidence less than persuasive and in 2019 called an abrupt halt to the process, voting 10 to 1 to keep the four names but pursue changes to the naming's policy. Oh, I guess they're still named that. Hmm. I guess... Uh, he. All I can find about Thomas Shevlin, Joe, is he... Uh, well, I can find some stuff, but he uh, retired from 3M in St. Paul in 89, passed away 2003. Well, he was a racist. He probably made tape or something. Interesting. Mm-hmm. He still you, has family in the area. You missed one. Hmm. Uh, apparently they're also thinking about renaming Anthony Michael Hall <laughs> after his role as uh, Rusty Griswold in National wow. Lampoon's Vacation in the early 80s. Now, who is Falwell? Yes, they hit the um, screeching brakes. Uh, who is Falwell, Such? Because uh, they he also has a middle school named after him in Minneapolis. Yeah, he shows up on this day in history every year, Falwell. He moved here from some other state and became, wasn't he the president of the U? But he must have uh, been a racist. Is this, 
is this a, an example of erasing history, or are we just... Of course, of course it is. Okay, here's a quote that I wanted to read you. I lifted this off Twitter a few days ago, and for some reason I knew it would come up. History is not there for you to like or dislike. It's there for you to learn from it. And yep. if it offends you, even better, mm -hmm. because then you are less likely to repeat it. It's not yours to erase. It belongs to all of us. Boy, I wish more people Who, understood uh, that. Whose quote is that? No idea, and I searched it and could not find it, but uh, that's a good one. It's a little Anne Randish, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't we come back with John Height? Okay. All right. It's Reavers here for Josh Arnold. Mr. Money Talk is what he's called around these parts. Josh has been an investment consultant since 1978. This extensive career has given him the experience needed to manage your money in both up and down markets. Josh provides independent, personalized investment planning to individuals and small businesses, including retirement plans. Josh has been doing this for quite some time, and the thing that separates him from the rest is he will always give you straight talk and never sugar-coated advice. When you invest for yourself or for your small business with Josh, you get the same straight talk that you would expect from Mr. Money Talk. You also get an investment consultant who will work proactively with you to create a strategy that fits your goals. You can also hear him at the end of Garage Logic every Tuesday and Thursday with a full report. Give him a call today for that free 48-minute financial consultation at 952-925-5608. That number once again is 952-925-5608. Or for more information, just visit his website, josharnoldinvestmentconsultant.com. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life, Joe Suchere. Hey, uh, GLers, I'm supposed to say hi to you. Uh, Moon Motorsports is saying hi. They're back with us on GL. They're from Monticello. Just a hop, skip, and a jump from the Twin Cities. They're a power sports dealer. They're owned and operated by us, passionate riders just like us, and they've got the most exciting showroom in the state. More brand offerings than any other regional dealership. You can fact check me on that. Uh, you've got to do yourself a favor and stop by, take it all in for yourself. They've got all the best model offerings from, well, let's run them down. I'm just going to run them down. Honda, Polaris, Yamaha, Can-Am, BMW, Triumph, Ducati, KTM, Husqvarna, we call them Husky, and uh, Ski-Doo. Uh, the proper Midwest pronunciation, by the way, of Skidoo is Skadoo. 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 You can also see the wide range of machine uh, machines all online, moonmotorsports.com. Uh, and with that deep inventory selection, 10 manufacturers, BTW, uh, Moon Motorsports, they can locate some of those hard-to-find machines you might have been looking for. you got to give them a call today to order the machine you want to make sure you receive priority delivery. You, addressed to you. How'd you like to get a snowmobile with your name on it, addressed right to you? Oh, that'd be so awesome. Uh, Moon Motorsports there in Monticello, our very own Minnesota motorcycle, ATV, side-by-side -side service parts and sales provider. That was a mouthful. Again, check them out, moonmotorsports.com. Here's John Height. Uh, thank you, Joe. Before we get to news, William Watts Falwell was yep. the first president right. of the University of Minnesota. He just came so up the other day on a This Day in History for some reason. Oh, you're right. He, he did. did. Yeah. He did a bunch of other things, too. In fact, he was also president of the Minnesota Historical Society from 1924 to 1927 after he was president at the U, and he was also a member of the Minneapolis uh, Park Board, mm -hmm. and uh, he had a dream of uh, parks, a uh, plan for parks in the city. Mm -hmm. So. 
So he was why, uh, very. Uh, why was he evil? Yeah, we don't know that. Uh, I see nothing evil about him to be truthful here. Or is it just um, that he simply doesn't fit the woke criteria of 2022? Well, nobody will. He was, no. If you he go was, back 75 a, years, no one can. No. He was a lieutenant colonel uh, in the Union Army in the Civil War. You'd think that would uh, weigh in his favor. Right. He fought to no, free I, I people. I, I see nothing that. Uh, would indicate, huh. and he had a great mustache and beard. Maybe it was the segregate, <laughs> segregated housing thing. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, as long anyway. as we're cleaning stuff up, too, I would yeah. like to make mention so I don't get inundated with emails. There is no Anthony Michael Hall on the University of Minnesota <laughs> campus. I just wanted to be clear about that. Uh, have you seen him lately? He's been on a few TV shows. He's so. He plays a really good bad guy on something, right? Mm. Dexter? Yeah, is that a Dexter? Be, yeah, was it Dexter? Here's John Height. Is that a different <laughs> hall? Thank you, Joe. That's a different hall. Okay. Uh, thank you, Joe. Uh, in news, a uh, shooting uh, yesterday at a St. Paul funeral home left one person dead. A crowd had gathered at Simple Traditions Funeral Home at Humboldt Avenue and Winifred Street for the memorial of Casanova Carter, a 26-year-old who was shot to death earlier this month when shots were fired about 1120 in the morning. Four people were shot. A 28-year-old man shot in the throat and died from his injuries. Three other people were injured. No motive as of Monday night. The motive is unclear, although investigators told uh, Five Eyewitness News they think it was gang-related. Steve Linders from the St. Paul Police Department. <laughs> they, they do, huh? <laughs> think? Did not did not rule out that the shooting was actually an exchange of gunfire. Sources said there were more than 20 rounds fired, possibly from six different shooters. Anyone wow. with information... If info is asked to call the St. Paul police. Wasn't department. a very sacred funeral, was it? No. no. Huh. Closing arguments began in the federal trial of those three former Minneapolis police officers charged with violating George Floyd's civil rights. Thomas Lane, J. Alexander King, and Tu Tao are charged with depriving Floyd of his right to medical care. As former officer Derek Chauvin pressed his knee into Floyd's neck, Lane held the 45-year-old black man's feet. King knelt on his back, and Tao held back bystanders. King and Tao are also charged with failing to intervene to stop Chauvin. The arguments came after Tom, uh, Thomas Lane became the last of the three officers to uh, take, his, uh, take the stand in his own defense. Uh, prosecutors have to prove each element in the case beyond a reasonable doubt, but the defense only has to show reasonable doubt for one of the elements, which means the burden is on the government. And, by the way, each officer's case will be decided separately, so there could be split verdicts. Death of Republican Congressman Jim Hagedorn has created an electoral jigsaw puzzle that won't be solved until November. Did you uh, read through this to see how this is going to work? No. This is... Uh, Take notes. Okay. It could, it could take two primary elections and two regular elections to ultimately put someone in the 1st District Congressional seat for a full two-year term. Uh, Steve Shires, Carleton College political analyst, he says it really does challenge the electorate to figure out what's going on. They have to vote in a primary and in the special election on the same day and then vote in that congressional race three months later. They're electing a Congress member twice they're also taking part in a primary. That's a lot of work for electors. Candidates will run in primaries on May 24th before they head to the regular election on August 9th. That election will fill the remaining months in Hagedorn's term. However, that's also the day of the Minnesota primary elections for the regular 2022 midterm elections. Whoopsies. <laughs> that means the same candidates on the special election ballot on August 9th for the 1st District 
could also be on the primary election ballot to determine who goes to the regular 2022 election. <sighs> you got all that? No, I, do. I don't understand. I a don't a bit. <laughs> and uh, complicating matters even more, the special election will be under the 2020 first district boundaries. But the regular election in November will be under the newly redrawn right. district boundaries right. just unveiled. So Shire says if you lose narrowly on August 9th, keep in mind the district lines changed. The electorate's a lot bigger in November, so you could perhaps run again, even though you lost on August 9th and win two months later. I'm, I'm unclear as to why any of that uh, has to happen that way. I thought when someone passes away while holding a seat, they are, have an election. Well, aren't they appo- Isn't that position appointed well, until the next election? Uh, I think a Apparently senator is. I think a senator is. Yeah, okay. House represent, perhaps House representative. Remember, Wendy Anderson kind of ruined his career. He appointed himself senator back in the 70s. <laughs> yes, oh, yeah. yes. Uh, yes, he did. Uh, this information uh, just breaking this morning, actually. Uh, Paul Bloom just reported this. Hennepin County prosecutors have filed second-degree murder charges against 29-year-old Cody Logan Forenkamp uh, for killing Minneapolis North High School star student-athlete Deshaun Hill. That's the shooting uh, that happened last week or a week and a half ago, if you mm-hmm, remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the only hint of a motive in the complaint, mm-hmm. the pair apparently, quote, brushed shoulders near Wally's corner store honest to god so, come on no yep. yeah that's uh, what the complaint says yes that's it wow and he's 29 29 and yes. he's mad at a 15 year old and we're going to yep. cure the yep. decline of moral and ethical integrity with more government agencies mm-hmm. well as we're speaking i believe uh mayor melvin carter is giving his state of saint paul he mm-hmm. is yes mm-hmm. yeah. can't wait for tomorrow's yeah. program <laughs> State officials say two Stillwater Corrections officers were hospitalized after they were attacked over the weekend. According to the Department of Corrections, the two officers were doing a routine cell search about 4.40 in the afternoon Saturday when they were attacked. One of the officers treated at Lakeview Hospital and released. The other was more seriously injured, was treated at Regents Hospital, but has also been released since then. The department says the inmate responsible for the attack has been moved to the Oak Park Heights facility's maximum security unit. Stillwater Prison was put on lockdown and remained on lockdown as of last night. DOC officials say the lockdown will continue, in their words, till more information can be obtained and we can evaluate how this incident connects to an assault at the end of January and any other issues in the facility. For both local newspapers, the University of St. Thomas is eyeing town and country club golf course land for a possible $61.4 million athletic expansion. St. Thomas hopes to grow its athletics footprint following a D1 athletics reclassification and as the university starts to envision the next 100 years, according to athletics director Phil Esten. He said, our first facility that we're looking at is an ice hockey facility so that we can compete at the Division I level, recruit at the Division level, and provide our fans and our student-athletes with the amenities and experiences that are aligned with it. Uh, Softball and baseball sites are also early possibilities. The university hopes to stay in St. Paul, according to Eston. The first round of golf in Minnesota was played at Town & Country, the oldest country club in the state, according to its website. The club less than a mile from the St. Thomas campus. Matt Winkle, director of the club's board, said that Town & Country Club's board of directors is carefully reviewing the proposal. The club's property was not made available for sale and the proposal was unsolicited. The size of the land allows for possible enhancements of other enhancements of other parts of campus in addition to athletics. A kid I used to have who went there uh, 
is uh, somewhat taken with the expansion of St. Thomas. She, okay. she appears to be quite in favor of it. And she said they're expanding into the neighborhoods and they're offering to buy town and country. And, and uh, she said, how do they do it? And I texted back. I said, by making enemies. Ah, yes. Mm -hmm. That was also the site of what was uh, supposed to be the Minnesota state capitol, the front yard of the capitol. Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, and uh, they decided to, it would be better served to raise uh, wood ticks and mosquitoes, and mm -hmm. uh, so that didn't it's work It's the second out. oldest golf course on its original site in the country. Is it? Mm -hmm. huh. What I can't believe about that joint is they throw open the gates in the winter to possibly one of the best free sliding hills in the metro. I've wondered about it for years, and the, the official legal answer is you have to... It, I, a lawyer will correct me if I'm getting this wrong, but but by leaving the gates open and allowing the neighborhood kids to slide, they usually slide down Number Nine Hill. You are you are somewhat mitigating the fact that it is an attractive nuisance. In other words, if the kid climbed over the fence and went up and slid down and got hurt, you are more likely to be sued than by removing that obstacle and saying, we know we have an attractive nuisance here, we are opening the gate. Does that make all, sense? All I know, Joe, that was, yeah, that was a nice explanation. I'm going to write all that down. Um, <laughs> I don't think you are. <laughs> all I know is I didn't drive my kid past there till he was at least 16 years old. because yeah, there you was don't want to no, go there. I don't want to climb that hill. Are you kidding me? <laughs> right. That thing's right. a monster. Right. Well, it's what works out for everyone. The club's not for sale. It would be my uh, everyone's got a price. suspicion. Everyone's got a price. No, I don't. <laughs> things uh, things moving fast in the situation involving Ukraine, and in fact, by the time I read this, uh, different things may have happened. But Russian President Vladimir Putin asked Russia's parliament today for a permission to use military force outside the country. Putin's letter to the upper house of parliament would formalize a Russian military deployment to rebel regions in eastern Ukraine a day after the Russian leader recognized their independence. Uh, by the, the way, White John, Russian parliament has approved that. Yeah, no, shocking. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the White House this morning began referring to the Russian troop deployments in eastern Ukraine as an invasion after initially hesitating to use the term. Several European leaders said earlier in the day that Russian troops have moved into rebel-held areas already in eastern Ukraine. Later, the White House signals a shift in its own position. A national security advisor, John Finer, he's principal deputy national security advisor, says, we think this is, yes, the beginning of an invasion, Russia's latest invasion into Ukraine. An invasion is an invasion, and that's what is under. Hey, uh, do you know anybody, uh, anything about it? His name is Zelensky, right? The uh, UK the president? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, he's he's a bad guy, isn't he? I don't isn't know. He, isn't he a dictator? Uh, I don't well, know. Well, it's, it's not, yeah, it's not a uh, democracy as we know it. Did you That's read, correct. there was a really good guest editorial in the Star Tribune today by, I think it's Orest Kamarchuk, as in the sausages, uh -huh. and they were Ukrainian immigrants to America. Oh, okay. Uh -huh. And uh, he wrote about the fact that what Putin's trying to do is kill the soul and culture of a country that was always uh, its own country. Mm. You know? Well, and Putin even said yesterday, it's never been its own country, which nobody believes. No, it's, always, it, was, it, always said, it was a standalone country, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 And he, he says, no, it's always been Russian, and they've always been Russians. Well, no. Not really. They speak Ukrainian. They don't speak Russian. I think so. Well, yeah, Mitch Rapp needs to go over there and have a conversation with Putin. Yeah. 
Uh, a rock and roll death. I just saw this cross the wire. Gary Brooker, front man for Procol Harum. Really? Died at his home following a battle with cancer. He was 76 years old. Great voice. Uh, he mm -hmm. played piano with the band, uh, and he was the singer. Brooker was born 1945 in London. He founded Procol Harum in 1966 with songwriter Keith Reed after the breakup of their first band, The Paramounts. Of course, their debut single was their big one, A Whiter Shade of Pale, sold more than 10 million copies worldwide, topped the charts in the UK. The song, the band's statement asserts, was widely regarded as defining the summer of love, yet it could scarcely have been more different from the other records of that era. Legacy of Whiter Shade of Pale extended to a number 57 ranking in Rolling Stone Magazine's 2004 list of the 500 greatest songs of all time. Yes, Kenny? I was about okay. to rip everything involved with Procol Harum. Mm, no, don't. And then, no. I, well, I, I was only going to do it so you'd bite on the hook. I, I don't believe in any of that. <laughs> but then I discovered Robin Trower played with them. Yeah, he was their original guitar player. Wow. Well, uh, uh, I love Robin Trower. One of their follow-up singles is a great song called Conquistador in about 71 or 2. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that has a guitar solo that just rips. Mm -hmm. And it's, oh. yeah. There's yeah. some Trower albums that are just kick yeah. A. What was this guy's Great name, player. John? Uh, Gary Brooker. Gary Brooker. Uh, he, he was appointed a member of the Order of the British Empire by the Queen in 2003. Really? And worked with tons of artists, including Eric Clapton, uh, Paul McCartney. In fact, Paul McCartney has often said Whiter Shade of Pale is one of his favorite records ever. Mm -hmm. uh, Ringo, Ringo Starr and George Harrison, he also played on their albums. And uh, they played so he kept on busy. solo records. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, was he a, a friend of the members of Led Zeppelin, Joe's favorite band? No, they're not that, my favorite that I, band. That I do not know. Okay. Gary Brooker. Gary Brooker. 76. -E yeah. And uh, over the Jeez. weekend, actually, I think it happened Friday, Dallas Good, who was a very good guitar player in a band called the Sadies, died of natural causes. Uh, this is weird. He was 48 years old, and apparently he died uh, in the uh, under the treatment of his cardiologist. Uh-oh. Yeah, so I don't know. And he was a skinny, skinny runt. Excellent guitar player, though. Uh, Sadie's were known for blending garage, country, and rock. Released about 20 albums during their career. In January, the group shared its latest single, a Message to Belial, produced by Joe Arcade Fire's Richard Perry. Really? So there you go. How come I've never heard of the Sadie's? Excellent band. Really good. I actually, he and his brother formed the band. I, I interviewed oh, them from they're Vegas. commies. They're from Ontario. <laughs> oh, yeah, no they're wonder. from they're from Canada. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. You know, the one thing about the protests and people arguing and yelling was every time I'd hear everybody talk, all I could think of was Trailer Park Boys. Every I clip know. that I saw, that's I all I could think of. Because of the accents? Yeah, they yeah. talk. They all talk exactly like mm -hmm. those characters. It's very. Hey, uh, there's some offs that need. Uh, yep, they sure do. <laughs> the, 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 when the, the people in who didn't like the truckers were yelling at the truckers, they sounded like that. When the cops were yelling at people Ooh, in the Ricky, street, they sounded like Ricky, it's Sam Squatch. Oh yeah, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> Sam Squatch. <laughs> you do a killer bubbles. <laughs> uh, yeah. The three men convicted of murder in Ahmad Arbery's fatal shooting found guilty of federal hate crimes this morning and other lesser charges for violating Arbery's civil rights and targeting him because he was black. Uh, that won't mean much. They already had life sentences. This will just add another life sentence on top of the life sentence they had. Really quick, John, uh, because I'm just now seeing the headline that you read earlier. Why, yes, why is he only being charged with second-degree murder in the killing of the 15-year-old uh, the kid from 
uh, Minneapolis North? Uh, I don't know. You know, I don't know. I've never always been confused about the charging. Okay. Uh, I just so. didn't know if that was in the story because I thought that was kind of odd. I mean, he shot no, him in no. the back for crying out loud. No. In fact, I took that from a Paul Bloom uh, Twitter okay. uh, mention, and I have not seen a full story on it yet. So gotcha. I'm really... John, um, I've just decided tomorrow's uh, news from the Krabby Coffee Shop. We're going to require you to uh, talk like bubbles for the entire oh, 45 boy. minutes. <laughs> you know, you think so? Yes, yes, please. <laughs> kitty, kitty. <laughs> <laughs> Back to serious news now. Okay. <laughs> the man suspected of shooting and killing a racial justice demonstrator Saturday night in Portland has been identified as. 43-year-old Benjamin Smith. His identity reported by the Oregonian and Oregon Live. Smith's roommate and neighbor said he had grown increasingly angry with protests in the neighborhood and across the city. Smith's roommate, Christine Christensen, said Smith slowly became more radicalized, starting in the later years of the Obama administration and accelerating during the Trump administration. She said at times he would stand in another room yelling racial slurs and deriding women. Demonstrators said the shooting happened after Smith allegedly started yelling at a group of protesters holding a justice for a mere lock demonstration at Normandale Park in Portland. Witnesses to the Saturday shooting said people tried to de-escalate the situation. That's when Smith pulled out a handgun and fired into the crowd, killing 60-year-old June Knightley and injuring Jeez. four others. Witnesses said a protester returned fire, hitting Smith. Smith is in critical condition. Christensen, the roommate, said he talked about wanting to go shoot commies and Atifa all the time. He was just a sad, angry dude. He talked about wanting to do this for a while. He was angry about mask mandates, and he was angry at what he called the damned liberals. Uh, maybe Minneapolis and St. Paul should keep that in mind when they think they're going to send um, community service do-gooders uh, to uh, crime scenes or, you know, places like that in order to no. calm the waters. I don't see it working. I don't think no. so. No. Uh, as people across the world uh, grapple with the prospect of living with the coronavirus, one question looms, how soon before you need yet another shot? Oh, come on, man. Well, well, it looks good, actually. Oh. It looks like not for many months and perhaps not for years, according to a batch of new studies. Ten yeah. more boosters to slow good. the spread. Yeah. The three doses of a COVID vaccine, or even just two, are enough to protect most people from serious illness and death for a long time, according to these new studies. Federal health officials have also said they are unlikely to recommend a fourth dose before the fall. The Omicron variant can dodge antibodies, immune molecules that prevent the virus from infecting cells, but a third shot of the vaccines made by Pfizer or by Moderna prompts the body to make a much wider variety of antibodies, which would be difficult for any variant of the virus to evade, according to the most recent study. The repertoire of antibodies produced should be able to protect people from new variants, even those that differ significantly from the original version, according to the new studies. I have a news item that actually, Joe, and I know yes, you're sir. you're going to um, question me on, on this. It comes from Twitter. I am. Uh, uh, Joe will. He doesn't like Twitter news. It's from a guy named Danny Spiewak, who's a reporter at CARE 11. Uh, here's what he tweeted. Fourth Precinct Inspector Charlie Adams reveals that MPD currently has 284 patrol officers down from 600. What? Ooh. Yikes. 284 down from 600. Quick math, that's 300 and... Uh, 16. 16. Wow. 
That's more than half wow. of their force. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say that's uh, wow. 50%. In what time yeah. frame, Kenny? Is there a sense? I don't know, but he's got a video clip here uh, with it, uh, backing it up where Charlie Adams is saying this. You know what? More government programs. Mm-hmm. That's what we need. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Queen Elizabeth canceled scheduled online engagements on Tuesday. She has COVID-19, but very mild cold-like symptoms. Uh, the palace said Sunday that Elizabeth, who has been fully vaccinated, had a booster shot, would continue with light duties at Windsor Castle over the next week. Hey, by the way, how come we're not making such a big deal about Prince Andrew? What's yeah. the, what's 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 for us to discuss? He sounds like a loser. Well, I, I guess I'm, I'm shocked that it isn't hasn't made bigger news. Well, it's been a, it's the staple of the Daily Mail. Oh, it is. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, why it's isn't been, it's been? Why isn't raping children in general been a bigger news? Good point. You know. <clears throat> Oh, boy, since, that, that um, brought us down. Well, no, that's that, such a I, down but, thing to think of. Yeah, it yeah, is. And it's awful. I, I think the thing is it, it, they can't charge them because they don't have any evidence, it sounds like, except the one gal who uh, who testified. But I think that's beyond the uh, the seven years, right? So everybody basically knows it probably happened, but mm. there's not much you can do about it. Now, he, I don't know, if, Chris, I don't know if this is what you're talking about. He agreed to pay her right to pay her off basically even though he week. never met her even though he claimed yeah, he, he never, never met her, her. yeah yeah even yeah. though he's last never week. had a job yeah eating a plant-based diet has been shown to be very good for your health and your overall health in fact a recent study found a young person could live an additional 13 years by eating more vegetables and legumes as well as whole grains fruit and nuts which makes the findings of a new analysis of the diets of nearly 400,000 uk adults rather startling Eating veggies, especially cooked ones, does not reduce your risk of heart disease over time, according to the study. Ki Fang, an epidemiologist at the Newfield Department of Population Health at the University of Oxford, said our large study did not find evidence for a protective effect of vegetable intake on the occurrence of cardiovascular disease. Is anybody else confused? Uh, Is there a difference between the vegetables being cooked and eaten raw? Uh, yes. The study found eating raw veggies could protect against heart disease. Mm-hmm. Cooked vegetables do not. There you go. Oh, okay. Any benefit went away when researchers factored in lifestyle factors, though, so what difference does it make? Right. That's right. Uh, right. That, that included physical activity, educational levels, smoking, drinking, fruit intake, red and processed meat consumption, and use of mineral and vitamins. So basically you're telling me it's basically worthless to cook your veggies. Uh, well, you might eat those veggies instead of something that's bad for you. Well, They're not bad for you. That's just, true. You know, John, thank you. Can, that was, oh, I guess I'm done. Okay. That okay. was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Jeez, Joe, what the hell? <laughs> Got an appointment. Leave him alone. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Forgot. Okay. Well, John was done. Yeah, he was done. He, he was done. You're done now, John. <laughs> John. <laughs> Hey, the St. Thomas men's basketball team continues to battle through its first year in Division One hoops. Hopefully they get a new stadium. The Tommies take on the University of Denver on Thursday night in Nebraska, Omaha on Saturday. If you want to see a great team, basketball, and lots of threes, buy your tickets now at TommySports.com. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Suchere. Oh, Chiellers, what, what were you thinking? If you would have called... 
ProTurf last week or logged on to ProfessionalTurf.com, you right now could be pushing snow in a skid loader or a big truck in some parking lot. That'd be so cool. Uh, yeah, ProTurf looking for full-time employees. That means, well, you know what that means, year-round, 12 months out of the year. Uh, they need people in the summer, people experienced in the green industry. If you've done golf course work, landscape, horticulture, any related fields, you're in. Uh, if you like working alone, you're responsible, um, flexible hours, you're in. Talking full benefits here, paid vacations, 401K, paid holidays. Uh, ProTurf, they're the real deal. They they love to keep their employees around year-round. Uh, that means no layoffs in the fall. Bonuses, okay, this is what I love. Uh, 12-month compensation with snowplow services in the winter months, flexible time off, and performance bonuses. Uh, 70% of their team has been with them for more than 10 years. Uh, and you also get a sign-on bonus if you qualify, if you have a current Minnesota applicator's license. Three ways you can get a hold of them, professionalturf.com. Click on Apply for Employment uh, or sign on to Indeed.com. Or better yet, get right to it. Go to the source. Call the phone number, 952-469-8680 ProTurf. Yesterday afternoon, a guy came out of his house on the 2300 block of Territorial Road. Okay. And he sees somebody under his car. Obviously attempting to steal his catalytic sure. converter. Yep. So he confronts the guy. The guy crawls out from under the car and shoots him. You're kidding me. In the butt. And uh, he's going to be okay. They took the paramedics, took him to the hospital, and the guy who did the <laughs> shooting uh, is, is, took off and has not been found. Huh. So well, I guess the moral of the story is uh, if you see somebody laying under your car, maybe just let it go. Unfortunately, you probably have to mm -hmm. these days because a catalytic converter is not worth getting shot over. What? Don't, right? You, uh, intervene, trying to intervene now, Kenny, will get you shot these days. Okay, just bow down then. Let, let crime run all, all over you. Well, yeah. especially if, you, if this guy's not armed. Reavers, do I need to remind you of what you did a number of years ago I on the know, train? I know. What well, you okay. say, what you tell your bride, and what you do in reality are two different things That's when true. it comes to fighting crime. Well, perfect example. So a couple of weeks ago, my Where, brother and wait his... Wait a minute. Where's he, he going? He's just grabbing something. Okay. My brother and his wife took their kids out of town. They parked, even though I begged them not to, they parked at a hotel in the Bloomington area that was going to take them directly to the airport. They were going to get on their plane. They were going to come back. And I said, don't do it. Park at my house. I'll drive you to the airport. No, no, no. This is going to be great. He gets back. He calls me. He says, you were right. His catalytic converter had been ripped off of his Are vehicle. Are you kidding me? I am not kidding you. And I'm not going to name the hotel because it's not the hotel's fault. There's a great scene in Garage Logic Life in the Radio Town where uh, in a version of FLF, FFLF, uh, a gal comes out into the garage and there's about six guys laying under a car and she thinks she's approaching her husband. She's going to give him a little squeeze, you know, in the area. And it was, it was her neighbor. Ah, it was yeah. her neighbor. Whoops. The, the, uh, she had a one in six shot. A series of looks uh, ensued. Uh -huh. So I think if I see somebody laying under the car, I'm going to say, all right, You're going to give him a squeeze? No, take, take oh. the damn thing and hurry up. My favorite. I can't, uh, 
Go ahead, Johnny. No, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, I know it's a serious story, but since Joe made it a little lighter, I can't think of a guy getting shot in the butt without thinking of the scene in Blazing Saddles yeah. where the Waco kid talks about why he gave up gunfighting. Right. He said the young kid challenged him in the street, uh, threw my guns off, and started walking away. And Cleveland says, well, what happened? He goes, the little bastard shot me in the ass. That's the only <laughs> thing I can think of when somebody gets shot in the butt. I still have the tape I lifted off the uh, MnDOT cams. It was southbound 77 by the mall. There's a guy pulled up on a, uh, a broken-down car. He backed up to it got, and got out his uh, creeper and his tool, his sawzall, and he was under there sawing away trying to get this converter out of there. And the trooper rolls up behind him. The guy has no idea. The trooper <laughs> walks up to the front. The guy's uh, legs were hanging well, out the this. front of the car. Yeah. And he gives him a good swift right. kick in the leg and then pulls him out of there and puts him right in the back seat That's of his good. rig. That was so awesome. Now, do a role reversal with that story that you just brought up, Joe. Uh, Let's say this guy encounters this kid, I'm assuming, that yeah. was stealing the catalytic converter. Yeah. All right. He, he shoots, misses. This guy returns fire and kills him. He that guy's going to prison. Probably. Probably. Uh, you know? in, in, I would inflict damage right away. Kick him in the swimsuit area, yeah. stomp on his knee, do do something really violent. Only because they come to us all the way from Marlith Park in Mumpumalanga, South Africa, from the Traveling Lymans. On this day, 1855, the Mississippi Pillager and Lake Winnebagashish Bands of Ojibwe signed a treaty ceding to the U.S. government a major portion of heavily wooded north-central Minnesota in which lumbering companies had expressed a keen interest the treaty established reservations at Leech Lake and Mille Lacs. Probably worked yeah. out better for the lumber company. Probably, yeah, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. On this day, 222. in 1861, Minnesota celebrated George Washington's birthday as a legal holiday for the first time. Hmm. And finally, on this day in 1980, the U.S. Olympic hockey team defeated the Soviet Union in a match that became known as the Miracle, Mir- on, Miracle, Ice. Miracle on Ice. Were you there? Yes. Oh, okay. Thank Why don't you. you tell us all about it sometime? Thank you, GLers. Again. <laughs> I didn't bring it up, Kenny. I just uh, was there, and that's all I said. Do you think Herbie still did that on purpose? What? Let him get rolled by the Russians to give him overconfidence? No, I never thought that. You never did? No. Whose theory was that? Was that it Pat? No, I'm not sure. I've never even heard that theory. Really? Yeah. Oh. Maybe it's mine. <laughs> I think it's your theory. No, it's not my theory. I've heard it a million times from somebody else. I thought it was you. No. Oh. Anyway, uh, when you're just done discussing theories, head on over to the Garage Logic YouTube page and hit the subscribe button for us if you wouldn't mind. And also hit us up on all of our social media channels Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the Garage Logic shop is still open online at garagelogic.com. We'll catch you tomorrow. It is that time once again here in Garage Logic where we pick up that phone and we make that call to our guy, Mr. Money Talk. Josh Arnold is with us once again here in GL. And I'm telling you right now, GLers, now's the time to make that free 48-minute call to 952-925-5608. That number once again is 952-925-5608. When you call that number, you get directly to Mr. Money Talk and you're also going to get straight talk and you're never going to get sugar-coated advice. And Josh is with us once again. And Josh... Boy, another difficult day today. Difficult.
cold, Chris, is not the half of it. It is a very difficult day trying to understand and make our way through a lot of the noise around the market that is steering many investors to the sidelines. And there is nothing wrong with going to the sidelines, except this too will end. And then the question becomes when, if you've gone to the sidelines, taken some significant losses, and that's real losses, not just the value of your account going down with the market, when do you go back in? When do you make up for those moves? Because I have found that when people typically go 100% cash, that in many times they keep waiting for the next shoe to drop after the market starts its recovery. And I do believe that the recovery in the market is closer than the other way around. As I have been saying continually for many, many years, during any given year, the market will have three to four, five to 10% pullback. They're going to happen for any number of reasons. This one was started probably around Thanksgiving on concerns about the Fed interest rate and inflation and has continued with the rise in Omicron, which is now falling off, and the fear of more government shutdowns hurting the economy, the supply chain, and continuing to push up price. And then add in the Russian-Ukrainian crises, and you have a very combustible series of events that have driven down market prices despite, and I will say despite, most companies coming in with better than expected results and fairly good guidance going forward. Many companies have issued guidance that include notions of the inflationary pressures that they face and how they're going to deal with it. Positive signs. Businesses that had been shut down or slowed during the virus are now starting to reopen. There is going to be an end to the pandemic and it becomes endemic and there'll be more reopening plays in abundance, whether that be hotels flying up or people traveling again and people even returning to one of my favorite destinations, that being Las Vegas, and those hotels and casinos can do a little better. And if I talk about casinos, that does lead to gambling, sports betting, and that area, which is another reason I do like the casinos, has continued to expand. There are more states that have been approving online gambling and sports betting. There is a cost for these companies to acquire customers, and that has led to increased expenses, whether it be in companies like DraftKings, Flutter, Barstool Sports, The Score, which are all part of Penn Gaming, MGM Bet, and Caesars. Caesars reports their earnings tonight, and if they follow MGM's results, that could be positive on a go-forward basis. So Caesars, Penn, DraftKings, MGM are either in corrections or in outright bear markets right now. DraftKings reported better than expected revenues. Their earnings were a little bit under. They did say that they had some costs in acquiring customers, which helped to drive their stock to a new low and saw a few downgrades. I am semi-positive at this point on DraftKings, not that it can't go down even further than the, the low, but they are continuing taking the steps that they said they would take, and they are meeting their targets right on schedule. Here, I've got to take a very long
long-term view. I'll touch on inflation and the Fed. Probably get a little bit more color on the Fed first week in March when Chairman Powell speaks before Congress. He probably is going to give some more indication on his views on inflation and the direction of interest rates, which will be up. There have been a few more Fed governors that have wanted to wait for more data, a few others that have said the Fed needs to be a little bit more aggressive, meaning more than a quarter point raise in March. That has sent down bond prices and yields up. I continue to say avoid, avoid putting money into bonds and bond funds. If you do, however, want to solve or reduce inflation, my estimation as I've talked before, have to go back to one of the things that I was trained on, a lot of inflation, other than too much money chasing too few goods, comes out of the increase in the price of oil. And bear in mind, the price of oil in the last year has gone from $55 a barrel to $95 a barrel. And that goes through the entire system. Want to change that? Go back to drill baby drill. Very good, Mr. Money Talk. You heard him, GLers. Now's the time to make that call for that free 48-minute financial consultation by doing just what I did. Call 952-925-5608. Straight talk, never sugar-coated advice. Josh, as always, thank you so much for the time in the chat. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you again on Thursday. You got it. Thanks, Chris. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk.